This is the Cascade Hiker Podcast. Find us over at CascadeHikerPodcast.com. I'm a country boy with the soft side. My heart wanders up north to the hillside. Now I've never made anyone quite as beautiful as you. I'm your host, Rudy Gets It. I'm here to inspire you to get out on the trail. You putting in two-mile hikes, five-mile hikes? Are you still on the couch? Come on, let's go on a backpacking trip. I'm going to introduce you to some folks that have done that and a whole lot more. Next on the Cascade Hiker Podcast, what's your name and where are you from? Uh, my name is Dr. Hillary Lampers, and I am from Bozeman, Montana, formerly a resident of Granite Falls, Washington. Yeah, and I grew up there uh, in Granite Falls, so that's interesting. I, I found uh-huh. uh, found your guys' podcast, um, uh, gosh, must have been about eight months ago, maybe even longer, and I went through them all, and I just I just love it. You guys' style is great. Uh, the, the the two of you and your husband, um, you just you come at it with from different angles. And can you can you talk about your podcast just a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, we have a podcast called Hunt Harvest Health, and it is it's kind of a it's a it's a joint effort my husband and I do together related to our interests. Uh, my husband is a backcountry archery hunter. Um, he's done that. He is originally from Snohomish, Washington. So he is for sure a Washington native and he has, um, a great love for backcountry hiking, um, exploring as well as hunting. And so he procures all our own meat. And then we in Washington, and we recently just moved to Montana, which is my home state, uh, because I got tired of the winters there in Washington, (laughs) But we had a large uh, garden, and we kind of farmed our small piece of land that we had. So we love to talk about food and and gardening and all aspects of really kind of more sustainable living and providing your own food and kind of knowing where your food comes from is really important to us. And then I'm also a naturopathic physician, and so we talk about health topics as well, um, introducing people to all different kinds of health-related stuff. So. That's kind of what our podcast is. It's, it's kind of well-rounded. So I think I feel like, you know, if you don't hunt, there's still podcasts you can listen to or, um, you know, everybody could always use help, more help with their health and learning about food. I think that's just really important for everybody. So that's what our podcast is. Oh, that's great. And, you know, there is a lot of people in the hiking community um, that can be a little bit uh, brash towards hunting. And um, I just tell you, I'm not one of them. I actually just uh, – just within the last couple of weeks have started to learn to hunt myself. So um, you guys were helped out with uh, some of that motivation. And, uh, and so, yeah, I just want to say thanks for that. Wow. Well, congratulations. What's important to remember about um, our podcast is if you start it and kind of follow us, I'm not a hunter and I wasn't actually very supportive of his hunting for many years. We've been married almost um, 22 years now. And I would say for at least a decade or more, I, I really had a hard time with it because I, I grew up in a family that wasn't very pro hunting either. Um, you know, funny enough, I think sometimes we pick the people that challenge us, right? And uh, I was very challenged by it. And then uh, once, we, once I became a nutritionist and then I became a physician and just really learning about the food supply, um, I started to get more educated about it and just really see that what he was offering was to our family um, and to our health was 
much better than what we could get out there in the grocery store. And then I started learning more about it and just, um, you know, trying not to fight him on it. It just seemed to be a big issue in our household and created a lot of strife. And I, I feel that once I was able to kind of accept him for who he was and that he loved to do that and that he was also providing um, healthy, clean meat and respecting these animals. You know, we, we eat animals that we know where they came from. My husband has a story for every single piece of meat that we eat. And I think that that shows a great amount of respect. And I, I don't think that's very commonplace in our society anymore. So I think, I think it's important to remember that, you know, all kinds of people can come together and maybe you don't agree on everything, but sometimes it's just education and learning and, and maybe even understanding it. And, and then you can come to see that maybe it's not what you thought it was. Yeah. And you know, there, even without taking, taking the hunting aspect of it aside, um, there, I immediately found uh, a connection with your podcast because not only, like you said, with your healthy eating and lifestyle, but uh, not that I have that, but something I need. So, so it fed into that portion of, of something I needed. But also, um, when you talked about uh, the article that you wrote, um, that was kind of like, uh, it just reminded me, I'll let you kind of go into that a little bit uh, real quick, but it reminded me a lot of the hiking community when people leave out for a week or too long, a uh, two-week-long backpacking trip away from their family, away from their wife or husband, Um uh, I forget the name of that right now, uh, but I know you, it's on the top of your tongue. What was that article? Yeah, um, I I think it's called the um, My Husband's Mistress uh, or The Mistress Who Stole My Husband. <laughs> I mean, I should know the exact title. I think it's been called a lot of different things now, but it was originally a blog that I wrote just to kind of, I guess, chronicle the feelings that I had around him doing something that he was really passionate about. And that, um, you know, we had an incident, one incident right after we were married and we were obviously very young and we'd never been married before and we're kind of selfish. And we had an incident where he took off. He had been gone in Alaska working for months. And then 24 hours after getting home, he left again to go backcountry hunting. And it really scarred me for a lot of years, but I didn't really look at it like that. I think that's, but I think that's where I got a lot of my resentment for it. You know, the, the blog just chronicles how I went through the process of getting over that incident and then understanding that, you know, we you really need to love people at their core. And if it's hiking, if it's, if it's you know, skiing, if it's, uh, I don't know, there's so many things that people have passions to do. And sometimes that means it takes them away from the people that they love. And um, those of us who are kind of left at home waiting around or maybe we don't have passions of our own and we need to find those or, you know, we're being stubborn and we don't want to join in with our partner. Um, you know, it can be hard for us and we can have a lot of resentment. And so that article I wrote just kind of as a way to, I guess, like, it's like a counseling session for me. And it turned into, it turned into one of our most read and most commented on articles and podcasts. I, I read it as well and turned it into one of our podcasts so you can listen to it on our podcast. So many women um, sending me emails and, and so many men thanking me because their wives read it and, and it's changed their relationship. And I think that's really powerful. So you can attribute it to hunting, but you could, I, I used hunting, but you could attribute it to anything in someone's life, like hiking, where you're going away, you're in the backcountry, you don't have access to a phone, at least 
20 years ago when we got married, there was none of this like communication from the back country. It was like, you left and you were, he was gone, you know? And, um, I, I just, I feel like that just helped a lot of people's relationships and helped them to understand um, that those are actually very important things. You know, you need to have your passions and you need to be able to do the things you want because it makes you actually a better partner. So that's what that was about. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And that was uh, episode 35 on your podcast, uh, The Stealthy Hunter. And um, there you go. Uh, th- that's where I found it was, uh, um, I-, I just read Stealthy Hunter because it's at the top of your page there, but uh, yeah, the Hunt Harvest Health. Uh, podcast so yeah. number, number 35 and then i'll link to the to the article as well so um yeah that's a that's such a huge thing and i actually uh had uh email it to my wife right after listening to that episode and um i've heard a reference it since so it's kind of cool it's like wow you know it, it just it really can resonate with so many different people yeah you know and it's funny it pops up every once in a while i uh somebody new will come and they've they've never heard of the podcast maybe some of your listeners right and they'll go to the podcast and they'll read it and it'll so resonate with them in their life, and they'll send me a, a message or through social media or something, an email, and and then it'll kind of start up again. Then there'll be like a new resurgence, and people will start talking about it. And I think as a physician too, it just reminds me that so many things in our lives, especially even with health situations, is there's a huge emotional component to it. You know, relationships that we have in our life are are really pro- profoundly affect our health. And when you live in relationships that are in strife or, you know, arguing or people just aren't understanding and they're not communicating well, this can actually cause health problems in people. And I think it's, I think when sometimes people can just relax or they can maybe understand, it can actually make you healthier and that emotional health is going to improve your physical health. And so that's, that was something I didn't think was going to go that far, but it's, it's been pretty cool to see how many people it's helped. Oh, that's great. That's, that is such a huge yeah. thing, too, that, that uh, emotional health. Six Moon Designs uh, picked up a lunar solo tent. Really excited about this. Uh, I want you guys to go over to sixmoondesigns.com. That's uh, all one word, of course, Six Moon Designs. So there's an S on the end there, .com. Um, I picked up the lunar solo, 200 bucks. It's only 26 ounces uh, listed on their on their website there. Uh, I'm excited about this. I, I fit no problem in this thing. I've always been kind of weary of uh, solo type tents because um, I'm a big hiker. I'm, I'm 6'4", very wide, and there's plenty of room. I could easily squeeze one of my kids in there with me, and, and the vestibule is huge too. If uh, you know, if you hike with a dog and you've got a pad for the dog, whatever, it could easily sleep under this uh, vestibule with your pack and everything out there. Um, boots or whatever you got going on. Um, anyway, yeah, so don't worry about that. It's also, uh, I've always been a little weary of uh, single wall tents, but this has, uh, you know, sort of the mesh, the, the, the mosquito netting, uh, about six inches, and, and then six inches of a bathtub floor as well with a, with a bottom. So it's sort of like a tarp, but um, it, it sets up as one tent. Anyway, go over there. There's plenty of videos and stuff on the website. Sixmoondesigns.com. Let's move on to some questions I had uh, specifically, and, and maybe maybe you even have some things just in the back of your mind already because uh, your situation. I, I think you had mentioned that you hike. I don't know if you backpack a lot or or that kind of thing, but uh, there's just some some questions have been waning on me. Um, just kind of health questions uh, relating to that. Um, 
One of the biggest things, and, and, and I did, if, if uh, listeners remember, I did interview uh, Mike, Mike Mutzel mm. in the past, and I asked him this question as well, and, and I don't know uh, what your answer may be, but it seems like uh, everybody always talks about vitamin, what is, was it vitamin I, the ibuprofen, and, um, <laughs> and that, that goes through a lot of sports and, and activities and things. Everybody, mm-hmm. everybody kind of jokes about that, but um, then you also hear how it's not very good for you as well. So um, what, are, what are some good alternatives for that? Yeah, wow, that's that's a great question. Um, well, obviously, there's lots of herbs that are beneficial for joint structure and um, inflammation, decreasing inflammation, and and um, helping musculoskeletal, you know, problems. Uh, turmeric is one. You probably heard tons of turmeric. You know, curcumin. That's a great anti-inflammatory. Um, Boswellia is another herb that's great anti-inflammatory. Sometimes you'll actually see those in formulas together. Uh, I've, I'm kind of lucky as a physician. I can I, I have uh, some access to higher like doses dosage um, formulas, but you can order them offline too. Where you just want to get uh, good quality supplements um, with these herbs in them. Uh, Another one that I absolutely love, and I've just recently, probably in the last two years, come to love it, appreciate it, and I've learned more myself about it, is CBD. And I know it's pretty popular right now. It's kind of a, it's kind of a, (laughs) everybody's talking about it, but there's a reason everybody's talking about it because it's, it's, it's one of the, I, I think what I love about it is that it's, you know, ibuprofen is basically blocking an enzyme function in your body that's stopping the inflammatory cascade, right? And that's why it's, it's not fixing the problem. It's, it's more like covering up the problem, especially if you're using it for chronic problems. Sometimes in acute problems, we do tell people to take, you know, high-dose ibuprofen for a couple of days, and that will get the swelling down because, as you know, swelling actually causes more pain because it's putting pressure on things. So you don't want to be swollen and inflamed. And Advil can do that really quickly. But people that are taking this stuff long term, you know, it, it does have effects on your stomach. It has effects on your kidneys and your liver. Um, and it's not really addressing the problem. The interesting thing about CBD and what they're coming to find um, from, from hemp is mainly what's being sold out there, cannabis sativa, um, is that the cannabinoid um, of CBD is creating homeostasis in the body. So it's not just blocking an enzyme or it's not covering up a symptom. It is, we have our own internal endocannabinoid system within our body, which has just been discovered in the last 10 to 15 years. And um, cannabis is not one of, is not the only plant that has cannabinoids in it. Chocolate, um, echinacea, uh, some other um uh, ashwagandha, these, these are all herbs that have been used for, you know, forever for immune health for neurological health for um, inflammation. And so now cannabis is, is showing that it's attaching to these endocannabinoid receptors and it actually creates balance. So it's like food. And when you get the proper food, the body works properly, right? So if you're doing lots of, um, and CBD is great for pain, so pain and inflammation, it's great for uh, and so I recommend that if people are going to be doing these, you know, long hikes, if you're going to be doing a lot of things that require demand on your joints, especially knees, ankles, hips, these kinds of things, um, then using CBD as 
more of a food and creating balance in the body and decreasing pain. I recently, that's just like one of my favorite things right now. Um, just because of the research that's coming out on it. And, you know, cannabis was not researched for years and years and years. The government, you know, no money was going towards that. And so now there's research and, and that's great. We need more research on it. So um, I love that one. Um, Antioxidants in general are really important. So making sure that obviously in your diet, you're getting a good range of colors, we call it, right? From the reds to the purples oranges, yellows, greens, you're getting all those deep, rich antioxidants to help squelch up inflammatory agents. Uh, and, you know, diet is really the key because diet is the foundation of everything. It's, it's slower acting, but it's, it's the foundational medicine. And so I think the biggest thing too, the best anti-inflammatory is to cut out sugar. Uh, sugar is really inflammatory to the body. Uh, and so a lot of, you know, I don't know, but I'm guessing in the hiker world, you know, my brother was a professional cyclist and I remember back then it was like, he had so many teeth issues cause he was just eating protein bars and bananas and mm. <laughs> really sweet carbohydrate rich foods, right? Because you're expending a lot of energy. And so even with hiking, depending on what you're doing, you, you, you need thousands of calories a day, Right. And it can be quite strenuous. And so a lot of people are eating like high, high sugar, high carb foods that are promoting inflammation. And so my, my recommendations would be to think more about creating a plentiful plant diet with adequate lean program, uh, proteins and lots of good fat. And we know that fat helps the joints as well. And so getting those good like uh, extra virgin olive oils, coconut oils, olives, avocados, um, you're making sure you're, you have a good omega-3 source, whether that's, you know, you're eating fish in your diet or you're getting a good clean omega-3 fish oil, krill oil, these kinds of things. So diet is the ultimate anti-inflammatory. <laughs> and, and then making sure that your diet while you're doing your activity is good as well, right? You don't go from eating a really clean, great diet when you're at home and then you hit the hills. And you're eating a bunch of sugary processed junk, right? Which can be very hard to not do because if you go to REI, everything's like, you know, packaged and, and uh, processed. And um, we actually make all our own backcountry food. So my husband, um, just over the years, he just got tired of it and he, he knows what's in it. You know, we have tomatoes from our garden. You know, we, um, we actually have an ebook on it. Um, dehydration and canning and a lot of that is backcountry foods that you can make yourself and take into the backcountry and so that's you know i would say those are some of the best like that's probably the best anti-inflammatory no that's great yeah and uh, i just want to point out a couple things out, out of what you were saying there um your guys is episode number 74 um with uh matt clemen um, yeah uh, he and that was all about the cbd and, and what an awesome episode uh, one thing I was wondering, I believe he said uh, in in the episode he was talking about um, longevity of taking CBD, and, and sometimes it doesn't work uh, on people until like maybe four or five days. Um, if that was true, I can't. I think I remember him saying that. And, and one thing I was wondering is, uh, so is that something you would maybe recommend somebody taking before a hiking trip, and then and then taking it through the hiking trip, and then that way it would help work better for them. 
Yeah, so we recommend, um, and you know, Matt is, I love doing that podcast with him because he's a guy, he's here in Bozeman, Montana, and he's dedicated his life to educating people about the the medicinal benefits of cannabis. And if you listen to that podcast, he's just a smart guy and he knows the science. And, you know, we, he talks about if you have somebody coming in, let's say pain, let's use pain, inflammation, um, you need to be dosing it like a food and you need to be taking it every day and you need to be consistent. And then what you're doing is you're basically filling up your receptors. You're, you're giving your body the food it needs. Um, I think we have this concept a lot because like, let's say ibuprofen, right? You can take a couple ibuprofen and pretty quickly you're going to have a decrease in pain. And that works really well because that is a, again, a drug it's blocking one, one or two pathways, so it works really fast and it has a really narrow, you know, narrow therapeutic window. But what that means is there's more side effects, right? CBD is like a food. So you need to take it every day consistently. And then sometimes we'll start high doses and then we can lower your dose as your body is basically getting, it's gotten a lot of that nutrition in there. And only that it sends these signals out, created more homeostasis in the body and it's decreased that inflammatory signal. So then again, you don't have to take as much. Yeah. So it's not something you could just like, let's say you had a trip you're going on tomorrow and you decide, well, I have all this knee pain or whatever, and I'm just going to start taking CBD today. It's probably, you're not going to notice it for maybe a week, maybe two weeks. Right. So I tell people, if you have these things, start taking it probably a month two months before you have this big plan thing. And maybe by then you will actually get your inflammation down. So it won't be such a big problem for you. Right. And again, changing the diet and working on, I mean, I think too, working on, you know, why do you have the inflammation and especially if it's in a weight bearing joint that you're using. I mean, if you're a hiker, if you're a climber, you're, you're using those joints and it's good to have those joints assessed. So you know exactly what is causing it. Right. But the CBD, yeah, you, you can't just take it a couple days and, and then be like, oh, this doesn't work because it's not working like Advil. It's, um, it's, it's kind of inherently smart. It's going in, it's finding where it needs to go, and it takes a little bit of time, right? So that's what, that's what Matt would recommend, and that's what he talks about. And, you know, he has, he's not a doctor, so he can't obviously prescribe and and I can't obviously prescribe to people I don't know, like on podcasts, you know, um, right. you know, but a lot of the recommendations are is that, you know, recommendations are that you start, maybe you start at 20 milligrams a day if you're lightweight, or you might need 60 milligrams, you might need 120 milligrams, depending on what's going on, you know, do you have cancer? Do you have inflammation? Do you have anxiety? Um, and what's great is that, sometimes you got you high dose it and then you can slowly lower it down because your body has become more balanced. You're more balanced now and you don't need so much, but, but Matt's awesome. He, and we are actually right now working on, he has a CBD that he sells. Um, and the great thing about it, there's no THC in it. And and when we launched that podcast, you know, we got so many comments (laughs) kind of like you, 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 you uh, contacted me because of that podcast and we're like, Hey, would you like to talk? It's a pretty cool thing. And I had no idea, like, you know, there's a little bit of THC in some CBDs. It has to be under 0.3 of the whole formula to be considered illegal. Like if it's over 0.3 of THC, 
it's then considered a controlled substance, right? So this is why CBD is able to be sold around the country. And it's a, it's a legal substance that's not controlled. Once it gets over that amount of THC, which is a controlled substance, it is. Um, but even that being said, if there's 0.25 THC and like say a five milligram dose of CBD, I couldn't say to somebody who like gets drug tested, I couldn't say to them like, you can take this and it won't show up on your drug test, right? Because right. <laughs> I don't know their biochemistry or how fast they, they process the THC or I mean, you're not going to notice that THC when you take the CBD. But the great thing about Matt's formula, and we're working on it, and we're going to be launching it here actually in the next couple of weeks on our website, is it has absolutely no THC in it. So people can take it. They can get the great benefits of CBD, and they don't have to worry about if they get drug tested or, if, you know, if they don't want to take THC or, or whatever it is. But um, I, I think that, you know, the uh, – the knowledge that's coming out about this plant and how we've lived with it for 5,000 years and, and obviously too, how we've, how we've abused it, you know, um, and how we, we need to start looking at these things as, as medicinal plants to help us instead of just running to aspirin, you know, which comes from a plant, right? Aspirin was developed from white willow bark and Allison, which is the active thing in aspirin is actually comes from white willow bark, which is a tree bark. And the Native Americans used to make teas out of this bark, and that would decrease their pain and inflammation. So that's where aspirin comes from. So a lot of the painkillers that we have, you know, come originally from plants. Um, it's just that once pharmaceutical companies are able to um, patent it, they can pull a constituent out like they did with aspirin, they patent it, and then that will change the whole game. So right now they, they're trying to do that, but they can't do that. Um, but I think that um, what's great is it's not a controlled substance. It comes from the hemp plant. Um, and if you listen to that podcast, he gives a lot of background on hemp itself, which is really important. But um, I just think of it like a food, you know. Um, and I would say I had a bias, you know. I had a bias because I see patients come in and, you know, maybe they're smoking pot or they're doing this. You know, I had a bias with that, too. And I've just learned so much. And, and when I, as this research is coming out on, on how we can use these plants medicinally and, you know, cannabis isn't the only one, but there's a lot of different turmeric. I mean, turmeric is like the hot thing, right? And that's a plant that's been around. People have been using that for thousands of years for healing and inflammation and, um, and all these things, especially joints and soft tissue pain. So yeah, I don't know. I went on a tangent. There, no, that's but. great. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, and I just want to say to the listeners out there that one thing I was very excited to hear was that you were going to have that on your website because um, it, not, not a sales at all. This is just coming from me. Um, the fact that here's a person uh, in Matt who who has studied this for so long and then a person in you who is a doctor that supports it as well. And it's just like, Wow. There's so many things out there. You can go to a drugstore like a Rite Aid or something. You can find that they're selling CBD. Well, I don't know where that comes from. I don't know yeah. who's doing that and how much is really yeah. in there and who's monitoring it. And, and here's a product that you guys are going to have on your website that is has a stamp and approval from Doc Hillary. So I think that's a that's a, a <laughs> that's good enough for well, me. Yeah, and I mean, I was excited because 
you know, he's just a, he's just a small operation. He does free consulting, mainly for cancer. People are coming in, they're sitting down with him and they're talking to him about their deepest, worst things going on with them. And he helps them for free. He doesn't charge for it because he can't, you know, he's, he's not diagnosing and treating. He's helping people. He's consulting people. He does it for free. And he has a chemist and they've created this blend and he sells just these out of his little place. You know, he's not, he's raising kids and, and living a very, very modest life doing this. And he's, as he says in the podcast, he's dedicating his life to transforming cancer treatment. That's his goal is that he, he's seen so many people get better. And, but when you start talking about cancer, again, that's a tricky place to go, right? Especially in medicine. And when you talk about treatment, it's a very tricky place, but he is doing all this literally out of his love for this plant. And, um, you know, I said to him, listen, we need to get this out to people. And, you know, um, I, I just, I think it's a great way to help people and it gets his thing out and it helps him. So he's actually setting up another consulting business right now that will also be free for when we launch this, that people can email him and call him and he will help guide you. And so I think that this is a, it's just an amazing thing. And, you know, really life is about helping people just like these podcasts that we do, you know, it's it's about helping people. It's about giving you information and what a profound um, medium that we have these days to get to so many people and get this information out there is um, it's amazing. So I love to support people, you know, like Matt that are really doing good work behind the scenes and, and really trying to change change the face of, of health and, and healing. And so and that's why I want to support and help um, get his product to people that need it. I can't talk enough about Waymark Gear Company. Seriously, uh, my daughters still have their packs. We gave away a pack on the show, and I recently met Mark down at PCT Days over the summer. And I just want to say on their website, real easy to find, waymarkgearco.com. Check out their two types of packs. You've got the through, the 38 to 42 liter packs, and then the light uh, 50 liter packs. So uh, the throughs are $210 where they start. And then the 50 liter uh, packs, uh, the kind of the Cadillac of the frameless packs, they start at $260. So go over, check it out. There's all kinds of colors to pick from. Uh, this is just a quick little ad here to uh, you know support the show. At least go over there and follow him on Instagram, uh, Waymark Gear Company. Tell him the Cascade Hiker Podcast sent you. I wanted to jump back also when you, when you were talking about uh, food that people eat on the trail. And uh, I wanted to point yeah. out uh, episode 95, I, I was able to uh, interview just an awesome person, Heather Anderson. Uh, she goes by a niche on the trail and uh, she's really well known. And, and she actually did lose some hair and teeth on one of her long distance hikes. It was, uh, uh, and I think, I think it happens oh more often than not, but um, I think it was a three, maybe four month, it might've been four or five month hike on the Appalachian trail. And uh, man, that's just, uh, I mean, man, it, I, I would I would assume that it happens a lot and people probably just don't like to talk about it because that's almost uh, almost an embarrassing thing. But but she's turned her life around uh, in the in the things she eats. And I guess off of that, I just kind of wanted to, to to ask you one of the things that I've been wanting to try and do. And I actually uh, got a dehydrator uh, based on your guys's recommendation um, is trying to make my own um, almost like a green drink that I can use on the trail. And uh, I don't know, is that something that you know anything about or, um, or something that you would recommend? 
Well, you know, a lot of the green drinks that are out there, so if you were to go buy a green drink or something that you mix in water or whatever, most of those are freeze-dried. Um, freeze-dried freeze-dried has a little bit of a different, when it preserves the food, it flash freezes it, basically, and it keeps a lot of the nutrients in. So sometimes dehydrating, because you are using air and sometimes a little bit of heat, is that you the, the plant just can lose a little bit more nutrients and it just takes longer. But we found that the dehydrator, you can't, you could make your own green drink. You just have to take the vegetables or whatever else that you're using. You have to dehydrate them down really well. So there's no moisture left in that at all. Right. And then what, what we would do is create a powder. So if you have like a Nutribullet or a super, you know, a power bullet or whatever, you can put those really dried fruit, uh, veg, veggies and fruits into the power bullet, and then you can blend them, and you get this, like, powder. Um, we use that for everything. I mean, we do our eggs in there, like our eggshells. We powder them into calcium for our plants in the garden, you know? Um, that thing's amazing. You don't have one because it blends things up really easy. But the problem would be, is like, you know, what kind of fruits do you want? Do you just want veggies in there, just greens? For me, um, for me, Dehydrating yeah. greens. Yeah, so like kale, we dehydrate kale, tons of kale, because in our garden in Washington, if you go to our website, you'll see a lot of pictures of the garden, and a lot of them are kale, because my husband, I don't know what his love for kale is, but <laughs> I think it's just really easy to grow in the Pacific Northwest, and so we would have a lot of it, and we just couldn't eat it all, so we would dehydrate it, and we'd make these green powders out of it, and we put it in pancakes, we put it anything we can, especially with our kids, like to hide vegetables. Um, we put it in there. So I'm guessing that you could, we, we know we don't have a recipe for that in our book, but I'm just guessing that you could dehydrate all those things down and then you just blend them and then you put them in, you know, you probably have to think about if you were used to it, because a lot of these greens are bitter, right? They, they're, they have the, they, they initiate the bitter taste buds and most of us are inclined to a sweetness. Um, so you might want to think about greens that are a little bit sweeter, maybe adding something like, I don't know, like a blueberry or maybe even a um, banana, dried banana, just a few chips in there. So when you blend it up, you, you get a little bit of sweetness. The other thing you can do is um, stevia. You could, you can get dried. Um, I, now you can get at the grocery store. It's like powdered stevia. And what you could do is if you like stevia, not everybody likes it, but you could put a little packet of stevia in there. And then when you add the water, you're going to get a little bit of a sweet taste, right? You're not going to get full on green, bitter, like, bleh. because if you look at all, a lot of the green formulas out there, they do have some sort of either sweet fruit in them or something that's a little sweet or like a monk fruit or something. Um, and that might help for the taste. Um, but it, yeah, it's worth a try. You know, what we always do is we just do everything by trial and error. And I think when you're cooking, that's kind of how life is, right? I mean, not many people actually cook like fully out of a recipe book and follow it to the T. Maybe you do that one time, but then you experiment. And that's what we do with this. You know, my husband just started experimenting with backcountry food. He loved like, he loved like mountain house spaghetti, right? Or whatever. But it's so salty. It's so, like, not good for you. It makes you bloat up and uh, whatever. And he was like, how could I make this? And he just started experimenting. And we make fresh tomato sauce 
from our garden. We dehydrate the sauce. And then we um, actually, what we do is we make the spaghetti just like we would if we were going to eat it. You know, we make our fresh sauce and we do our noodles. We mix them up. We dehydrate that on a tray. And when that's fully dehydrated, you put it in a bag or in like a, you know, you can get them off Amazon. I forget what they're called. They're the, the seal bags. Um, and if you get the oh Kevlar bags, and if you get the double-sided Kevlar, you can actually pour your hot water in over it, right, to, to, to hydrate it when you're on the trail. Um, and, wow, it's the best-tasting spaghetti. It's like 100 times better than Mountain House. <laughs> so it's just, you know, we experimented with the things that we like. And if you like green drinks and you want that, just experiment with it and find the the, the, the veggies that you like and make it so that it's something you'll actually want to drink. Cause that's another thing, you know, food should be enjoyable. Food should not be about totally suffering so that you can be healthy. Um, you know, obviously if your teeth are falling out and your hair is falling out, you're having massive nutrient deficiencies. You're, you're missing something there, but a lot of these foods you can actually recreate. If you go to like REI and you find these dried uh, foods that you like, you can recreate those at home with a dehydrator. It's amazingly simple. Um, and speaking of Mike Munsell, you know, his wife, Deanna, she has an entire business built on um, dehydrated, like, breads, like veggie breads and nut seed breads, and they're all keto-friendly, and there's no, like, dairy or gluten in them. And she makes, like, sandwiches with these things. So there's a lot of resources out there to get good, healthy food that you can dehydrate and take on the trail with you that's light and and nutritious. Yeah, that's good. And just on a side note, too, uh, the one time I, I did make uh, a green drink and dehydrated it, and it did work out. I just, I, like you said, it's kind of more the flavor, but I, I actually made it as the drink that I would normally drink, and then I dehydrated it that way as a liquid, and uh and then I, I ah. and, then, and I even uh, blended it then after that to get it down to a fine powder and and put that in with some water and it was good but I, I think I overdid I put I put it in too little of water and man the flavor just was like whoa <laughs> but uh, no it's definitely something yeah. to work on yeah and maybe you know it's it's just a little more water and a little more sweetness so it's a little more palatable and it's not quite so bitter and and that's a great idea so yeah I mean like anything make it like you're gonna eat it right then like. And then dehydrate it. That's a great idea. You know, make your green drink and dehydrate it and um, see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah. One of my uh, one of my listeners, Monica Rinoso, uh, she she asked, uh, what about uh, what, how do you feel about taping? Um, she has arthritic arthritic knees. And I don't know if that's something uh-huh. that you you uh, cover or not. But, uh, man, that's a, that's actually a really good question. With the, the Kineso taping? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's great. I mean, I mean everybody's going to have a different response to different things, but um, I had a neck injury. I, I used to be a mountain biker, and I had a pretty significant mountain bike accident, I don't know, 14 years ago now or so. And I, I remember after that accident, you know, I had a lot of kind of musculoskeletal, I had some cervical issues, and I used Kineso taping a lot, and I feel like what it just does is it 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 um, reinforces the area, meaning that it creates a bit of tension and it also reinforces the area so that it feels like you feel a little bit more secure and a little bit more braced, even though you're not braced, right? You're not wearing like a big brace. Um, and I, I do think too that 
because there's that little bit of stretch and that little bit of tension is that that actually lets the muscle, the musculoskeletal system doesn't maybe have to do as much work. Because a lot of times, especially with like injuries where you have joint injuries or you have like meniscus issue or whatever it is, is that the joint itself is now not as functional. It's got issues. So what happens is the surrounding muscular tissue and tendons, they start doing things that they shouldn't be doing, right? Because what you'll see is people maybe lose range of motion um, or they lose um, the ability to do the activity as much and their muscles start to get super tight and rigid. And that's because the muscles are now, you know, their muscles are their number one function is range of motion. So you can move the joint, you know, move your knee, pick up your hip, do all this stuff. But when the actual joint structure itself becomes uh, an issue, you'll see musculoskeletal, musculoskeletal problems because the muscle is now, now doing support and it's, it's now trying to brace that area. And so those muscles and tendons get really tight so the kinesio taping, I think, helps a lot because it allows, it gives some of that pressure and it gives some of that security and it maybe allows those muscles to not have to feel like they need to do as much work. And in that, you can have actually less inflammation, less irritation to the area. Um, I, I, mean, I also think anytime you're, especially if you're going on long hikes and you know that you're compromised in any of your weight bearing joints, or even like, you know, hiking is really hard on your neck and it's really hard on your shoulder girdle um, and your rib cage. And, you know, it's not just your weight bearing joints. And so, you know, giving yourself any extra support that you can in areas that you already have some compromise in, I think is really important. Uh, you know, big, big braces and bracing your joints all the time is not necessarily great all the time because it can create laxity and weakness, right? But sometimes people need that and they need that support, um, especially if they're going to be over-exercising an area. So I think kinesio taping is, is a great alternative to bracing and uh, can help with pain for sure. Well, and you mentioned uh, one of the one of the things that helps is inflammation, and I wonder if CBD would help with that too. <laughs> I hate to bring that up again, but man, that's yeah, uh, you know, it kind of just fills, fits I right think in. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think if, I think if you consider CBD like your nutrition, and then you're using the taping and stuff, you might you might notice that maybe you don't have to use as much taping over time. You know, I guess it depends on on how long and then what you're doing. All right. Well, uh, for lack of time, I don't want to keep you too long, but I, I do have to ask one question. It's, it's, it's almost the most asked question by hikers out there and probably in a lot of different sports. But um, what about ideas for feet? Um, there seems to be a lot of foot pain. Um, yeah. I guess like like Monica was even asking, like, do you pop blisters? I mean, there's so many things that can happen to your feet while hiking because that's your, what you're using the most. Um, do you have any suggestions or, or concerns? Yeah. This is a tough one because everybody's so different. Um, I just used my husband and I as an example. I had a, a foot congenital defect in my right foot, and I had a surgery in my early 20s, and they removed a bone. And so my right foot, especially getting into a hiking boot or hiking long distances, um, because I don't have two exact same feet, is that I struggle with a lot of foot pain. Uh, if I'm not aware, you know, of my, my footwear is super important. I think depending on what you're doing, you need to really understand your feet and you need to understand the flexibility of your ankles and your, 
you, your, uh, the bones in your feet. If you need more support around the ankle, like I do, I need more ankle support. I need a little bit more of that rigidity to help give me that support. And then I, I do better in walking. But I always get blisters. It's just part of my life. <laughs> if I'm going to go on a long trip, I always get blisters. And I know that the first couple of days, I'm just going to deal with that. Um, and I just try to make sure that I have the correct footwear and the right socks and the right setup. But I pretty much can tell you that that's going to be part of my suffering. Um, my husband, on the other hand, he does better with a more flexible shoe unless he's doing high country and he needs a, you know, in the winter or something and he needs a rigid boot, but he's tried the really rigid boots with the, the, the more orthopedic inserts and his feet get really bad. He, he can't handle that. Whereas I actually do better with that. I think it's probably good to have your feet assessed as well as your whole structure. Remember your feet carry your whole body. So assessing like what, where's your center of gravity and, and especially if you have a pack on and what happens to your center of gravity when you put a pack on and you probably should be considering your footwear when you have a backpack on, because I know when we're hiking, that's, you know, most of the day I have a big heavy pack on. So I, I just always, I think it's important to get that assessed, but man, feet are hard because nobody has the same feet. (laughs) And unfortunately shoes are made, you know, like a brand of boot is made. It's one boot, right? And there's like, there could be millions of people that buy their, that boot, but everybody's going to be different. So some people do really well in that boot and others do really horrible in that boot or that shoe. And, um, some people like my husband can hike for days in just tennis shoes. Uh, he does better. He doesn't need that ankle support like I do, you know, at least in the summertime or during summer hikes. Uh, but I would say getting your feet assessed as well as the rest of your structure. If you're having knee problems, if you're having hip problems, it's going to affect your feet and your feet are going to suffer from that as well. But, you know, keep them dry, um, air them out. uh, And if you get blisters, I don't know. I haven't found really anything that helps with blisters. I actually duct tape my feet. That's like probably old school. I don't even know. But I duct tape uh, on my heels and I duct tape sometimes on the top of my foot (laughs) and that sometimes stops me from getting blisters. And, um, but yeah, that's a hard one. I would agree with your listeners. I think the feet are really hard. Yeah. And it's just always a topic. Um, gosh, you know, um, I, I got a ton of questions. Um, you know, maybe, maybe somewhere down the line we could, we could do this again because you're just full of knowledge and I just recommend that people, uh, people check out your stuff. Can you, can you let people know where to find you guys uh, online and, and all that? Sure. Yeah. So um, we, uh, so our website is huntharvesthealth.com. Our brand is the Stay Healthy STH, the um, Stay Healthy Hunter. That's my husband's Instagram handle, Stay Healthy Hunter. Um, and we um, hunt harvest health. That's our podcast, but you can find that on our website. We are on Instagram. That's probably our biggest platform is Instagram and then Facebook, of course. And um, I have a, I work in both Montana as a naturopath, and I also have a very part-time practice in Snohomish, Washington. Um, And yeah, I mean, if people can reach out to us through email, it's on the website. There's an area where you can reach out to us if you have questions. 
Um, we have gotten, you know, quite busy. We also have two young kids. So um, sometimes I don't always get the emails returned right away, but uh, we do our best to do that. And um, yeah, we are, we're working on new stuff. We just moved to Montana. So our life has changed greatly, especially when it comes to gardening and food. And I mean, we basically had all our own food and we're now buying eggs at the store. It's like really traumatic for us, (laughs) (laughs) but um, that's where you can find us. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Uh, I'll be, uh, I'll be personally looking forward to all the next upcoming episodes. And I just, thanks so much for your time. Yeah, I appreciate it, Rudy. Thanks for asking me to do this. All right, that's the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to join the Patreon page. Find me at patreon.com slash cascadehikerpodcast. Also, hit me up uh, with an email, rudy at cascadehikerpodcast.com. Find me on Facebook. My Facebook page is Cascade Hiker Podcast. Twitter, find me at in underscore Cascade Hiking. And I'm Cascade Hiker Podcast on Instagram. Thanks, Whiskey Fever, for letting me use this track here, Tall Grass, off their album, Gonna Wake Up This Whole Town. Go find them at ReverbNation.com slash Whiskey Fever. Hey, see you next week. You were sweet like honey on a heartbeat. You were fine like wine in the sunshine. I could feel you coming on strong. Could never be wrong. Could never be wrong. See you laying down in the tall grass. Playing mandolin in a white dress. So come running when I hear that song. It could never be wrong. It could never be wrong. Where you want to run, baby, I'll run too. I would leave this world for a beautiful girl if I could just